I've got the second most exciting thing ever to happen on Guernsey. I've got ha ha ha, he he he, nobody can ever find me. Welcome to date fights again. Hard as we get closer to Christmas, I'm already got that kind of giddy, checked out of work kind of thing going on. But we're going to be here right the way over the whole season, so don't don't even think about giving this up just because you're drunk all day. And we haven't. No, haven't stopped us. It's morning coffee. Uh, we are doing date fight. That's yes. where we are, and <laughs> sitting up take, yeah. your own net, Tapley, and we're taking historical yeah, jellyfish yeah, yeah. and throwing them through the net of our minds. So that's good. It's that. not that's sucking the tentacles, still writhing. Round one. What's the first tentacle we're sucking? Well, I'm going to go to December the fifteenth, eighteen thirty-six, when a fire breaks out in the Blodgett Hotel. <laughs> I mean, in Washington, D.C. A point just for the words Blodgett. Blodgett. It's good. B-L-O-D-G-E-T. Blodgett Hotel. So that's married to hotel as well. I mean, a fire in a hotel, mm-hmm. obviously the residents would care. Uh, they all got out fine. But mm. um, it was then also... The, uh... Well, at the time, it was housing the United States Patent Office. Oh. There were some 10,000 patent mm. records there. And 7,000 of them got lost in the fire. Were there a lot of people the next day going, I've just invented the shoe! <laughs> <laughs> Marie, yeah, what yeah. else is there? Tables! Yeah. I did tables! I did lamps! <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, apparently, and th- this, you know, not very joined up thinking, right? So, right. Do they pat- have a second copy? Oh, no. <laughs> it's the patent office. Right. We've got all of these important drawings on pieces of paper. Yeah. Um... We'll just uh, store the firewood in the basement <laughs> next to where we dispose of hot ashes. Right. <laughs> and so, yes, in the early hours of this day in 1836, uh, the ashes ignited the firewood and the firewood ignited the patents. If only we hadn't been storing the patents on top of the firewood and under the ashes. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, so they restored some of them. They managed right. to restore 2,845 <laughs> just making up... <laughs> Yes. It's not, oh, it's a hat that lifts itself off to say good day to ladies. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. It was, it was an industrial saw. Oh. So um, uh, what happened was the inventors had to resubmit their drawings to the patent office. Mm. Uh, so they're now called X patents because uh, all the serial numbers then began with an X. Uh, and they are all now held in the cartographic branch of the National Archives, located in College Park, MD, where they do not store the firewood next yeah. to the hot where ashes. Do they store? Um, between the fireworks and the lighters. <laughs> but what's amazing is that some of the restored patent drawings are are phenomenal. They're right. they're very and some That's of the second go. They already had one go. Exactly, <laughs> it's a better draft. Um, and uh, you can see some of them online. And I think we should maybe mm. try and post one. Yes. There's a particularly good on that one website we have of the diving dress, which is uh, we might put it on uh, yeah, the yeah. date underscore fight we'll put it on the Twitter account. Account. Yes, uh, a diving dress, which is like an early idea for a, a diving suit, um, but looks utterly horrific. It's <laughs> like you, you've put yourself into a, a very close fitting steel coffin, <laughs> and you're lowered <laughs> inside a portaloo to the bottom of the sea. Uh, going to, can I ruin something I was going to tell you next year? 
Yeah. Um, so in Everyone London in the 20s, they had a surrealism conference at the front of which one of the speeches was Salvador Dali talking about, about surrealism. But he was doing it from inside a diving suit. Brilliant. So everyone <laughs> And that was the entire surrealist speech. Until someone realised... Oh, he's actually suffocating, but no one can tell. No, no one can. I don't know. We can't communicate. Imagine that with a Spanish accent. Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. That's lovely. Isn't they it? must have been sitting there going, "Classic, darling." Yeah, brilliant. Oh, darling. now he's lying around thrashing his limbs around. This is the most surreal lecture I've ever been to. How perfectly surreal! Oh wow, that was good. I like that one. Thanks. The patent office. I'm going to take you to the 15th of December, 1651. The fall of Castle Cornet. During the Third Civil War, when Charles II teamed up with the Scots to avenge his father's death yeah. and crush the English. I want to be King of England, what should I do? Crush the English first, just to make sure they like it. Yeah. Um, but he got beaten. Uh, the last royalist castle to hold out was that of Castle Cornet on Guernsey. All right. Where the rest of the town just left them there, going doing whatever it was they were doing. We still like kings over here. Yes, right, the right. king. He's still king here. And everyone just ignored them essentially until they gave up. I feel like in Guernsey, it's probably still like that. Yes. Say a quick hello to Lizzie Roper. Hello, hello, Lizzie, <laughs> friend of the show, <laughs> but enemy of each of us individually. Weird. <laughs> <laughs> That's it, really. It's the last Royalist stronghold. It marked the end of the Third... Uh, when it fell on the 15th of December, 1651, it was the end of the Third Civil War and the end of all of the civil wars of England. I suppose you've won that. Yeah. Oh. It's all right, my next one's... You say that. This is my last... All I can hope for now is to equalise. I really thought I might have won this week. Six and a half, five and a half. Fine. <laughs> Happy birthday to Eliza Atkins Gleason, the first African-American to get a doctorate in library science. She created a programme that trained 90% of African-American librarians by 1986, and she lived to be 100 years old. Amazing. Yeah, she's brilliant. Happy birthday to J.M. DeMatteis, who is a comics writer who wrote Justice League International, which was very good. <laughs> OK. Also, happy birthday to Frankie DeTore, the tiny horse botherer for Nag Nag. Oh... There we go, that took a while. <laughs> For me. <laughs> All those botherers have been building up to that one. That's good. Let's do the death days. Happy death day to Alp Arslan. Alp Arslan was the second sultan of the Seljuk Empire, who expanded the Seljuk territory greatly. Um, do you know what Arslan means, or Alp Arslan? Does it mean big fictitious lion in A Witch and a Wardrobe? It absolutely does. It means heroic lion. That's where Aslan comes from. Really? Alp Arslan means heroic lion. He was killed by Yusuf Al-Karazai. Uh, no, it was the white witch on the stone table. <laughs> I know my history, mate. Don't That's try and... <laughs> Uh, he was killed by Yusuf. Uh, Yusuf went to stab him with a dagger. Uh, Alp said saw his bodyguards were going to step in. He went, no, 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 I've got this. Don't worry. <laughs> I am an excellent bowman. He pulled out his bow, pulled back the string. Yes. <laughs> then dropped the arrow uh, on his own foot, slipped. 
<laughs> and you sort of stabbed him in the chest and he died a few days later. <laughs> That's brilliant. It's kind of... I now see him as, like, the lion in uh, The Wizard of Oz. Yes. Like, well, yeah, put him yeah, off. I got a crossbow. But lower that was. Yeah, he was great. He was great. Uh, happy death day to Isaac Walton, who wrote The Complete Angler. He also smuggled one of the crown jewels away during the Civil War, gave it back to Charles II. Wow. Also happy death day to Eliza Atkins Gleason, who lived till 100, we established earlier, lived to exactly 100. She died on her 100th birthday. Oh, She's wow. the first person who we've had her first happy birthday and happy death day. There's notoriety. Yes. I mean, never mind all her other achievements. <laughs> she lived for exactly 100 years. I'm going to no, take... No, let me go first. Right? This is for you to okay, all right, fine. This is to equalise so right. we can... Okay. Do you not think it's yeah, nice whatever to... Whatever you want, mate. Keep your powder dry. Whatever you want, mate. Give you every opportunity to change your... Yeah, facts. just get on with it. 15th of December, 1890. Sitting Bull. Hunk Papa Lakota leader is under arrest on his reservation because people wanted to arrest him. The government wanted to arrest him, essentially. You go to his house, say, you're under arrest, come with us. He comes out of the house, refuses to get on the horse. Uh, the police try to force him to get on the horse. There's a small firefight as other Lakota try to defend him and Sitting Bull is killed by the police, shot on a reservation. Got that think? one off the death days, didn't you? Yeah. But <laughs> yeah. You're like, oh, no, I'm having that one. That's a good one. <laughs> I mean, the fact that you do all that extra work to do all the birthdays, <laughs> death, you should probably have a point every day for that. It's fine. What's yours? So, I think we've established it. Yeah, it's fine. You've done well. You've done well. I don't think I'm going to win. Alton Glenn Miller, on December the 15th, 1944, Mm -hmm. hops on a flight and is never seen again. Ooh. Uh, so he was the band leader, famous for uh, Little Brown Jug and In the Mood. Basically, he was the man behind Jive Bunny, and yeah. that's how we should all remember him. <laughs> what a string of hits. Jive Bunny's master mix. <laughs> Grease mega mix. So, uh, anyway, no, you know you know all the songs. Uh, anyway, he was amazing. He got 16 number one records in four years, 69 top ten hits, more than your Elvis Presley, if you don't mind, and more than your Beatles did. Uh, but then, yeah, he was... Uh, I'll just be I'll just be off now. He was in England. Mm. He really picked up the accent. I'll, I'll be off now. <laughs> off I'll go. See you later, Governor. Oh, that best. <laughs> be lucky. Unlike myself, uh, he gets on a plane to go and entertain US troops in France. Yeah. And his aeroplane disappears. Here's the critical bit mm. in bad weather over the English Channel. Mm. That hasn't stopped people from entertaining various conspiracy theories. Right. In bad weather. Okay. Yes. In, in bad. bad weather. Yeah. Um, so one theory was that he was assassinated after Dwight D. Eisenhower sent him on a secret mission to negotiate a peace deal with Nazi Germany. Because that's who you... A yeah. pop star is exactly... Get the, me, Glenn Miller. Yeah, yeah. We need Shakira on this. So that was fairly easily... The little brown jug guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he got the catchy tunes. Another theory was that his plane was destroyed by bombs dumped from Allied bomber planes returning from an aborted raid over Germany. 
Very, very unlikely. Uh, the timing, uh, there were planes returning, yeah. but the timing was off by an hour right. and the location was wrong. So <laughs> fairly. Yeah. And the physics of it don't really work. Yeah, pretty much. Um, the most likely scenario is that uh, it was cold bad weather. weather. And, yeah, exactly. It was bad weather. And the carburettors iced up, making the aircraft lose yeah. power and ditch into the cold water. And you would have had about 20 minutes in the English Channel at that time of year. I mean, the thing about conspiracy theories is that follow the money. Who would have benefited from Glenn Miller's death? Oh. Tommy Dorsey. <laughs> Jive Bunny. <laughs> Jive Bunny. That's who it yeah, was. Because we want it to go out of copyright that yeah, much yeah, quicker. Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Otherwise, you would have had to wait until about now. <laughs> and then we would... Oh, well, thank you, Glenn Miller, for dying yeah. so prematurely. There's, there is one other theory. Um, the Otis B. Driftwood Trio mm. and Friends, uh, a contemporaneous jazz uh, group who uh, I, I, I know, uh, they occasionally have a, a guest singer on. Mm. Uh, whose name is Glenn Muller. And there's some theory that he was actually a secret Nazi sympathiser <laughs> and he defected and ever since has been living. And what happened to the plane in the pilot? All gone, mate. Right. Don't know. Maybe he ends up playing the spoons. Guernsey. Something. Guernsey, mate. It's all going on there. It's weird there. So uh, I've got Glenn Miller. Mm. But you've got like the I've indigenous people of America and yeah. that's always going to work. I, I'm, that's not fair. Okay. I feel like, oh, we've got to have less of their history. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> okay, well, for that you win, don't you? It's obviously yeah. you win. I seven, you... five, seven, seven and a half plays, five and a half. Uh, well, seven and a half beats, five and a half, because that's the end of this week's the, I don't... date fight. I concede graciously and magnanimously. Forfeit time. Fine. Once again, welcome to the Date Fight Spa, where Lucky Nat has won yet again and is going to enjoy some special treatment from me. <laughs> and I'm really going to pamper you. I know how much you like being touched. So I'm going to give you a luxurious hand massage with okay. this. This is a lovely product. Oh, no, wait, that's, that's printhead cleaner. This body lotion. First of all, let's get these on the eyes. Ah. ah. It's a nice feeling. It's a nice feeling. Oh, man. Uh, I was going to use cooking oil, but uh, I think this will, this will be... F- oh. You can just hold them on with the hand okay. I'm not massaging. Okay. Ah. Are you allergic to cucumber? I don't think so. It's the worst place to put cucumber if you are. I didn't. Just yeah, hold them I on with your I've fingers. Never had just cucumber juice. Just in the, lit- in the ball area before. Looks good. Looks relaxing. I'm really pampering you today. And what is it you'd like to talk about? I'd like in to talk the about Halley's Comet in 1910. So in 1910. <laughs> nice feeling. It's certainly a feeling. Uh, so in 19... Mm. Oh! Mm. Crikey, in 1910... Um, oh. <laughs> oh. That's a nice feeling, isn't it? Mmm. Uh, oh. Is cool. <laughs> Do you like it between the fingers? <laughs> nice between the fingers, isn't it, babe? A French astronomer called Camille Flammarion said... Oh, when Halley's Comet comes back, it's got a 26-mile, million-mile-long tail of poisonous gas that's going to kill everyone. And despite the fact that it happened every 76 years before that, no one went... (laughs) 
don't be stupid, Camille. That's not going to happen. Instead, they went, yeah, that sounds reasonable. And people I really started... wish people could see the way your feet are curling. <laughs> it's unbelievable. He's really hating this. <laughs> That's it. Just getting the tension out. <laughs> and people started buying gas masks and... Um, Anti, anti, anti comet pills. People started selling <laughs> anti comet pills. Wow. <laughs> um, obviously, and there were theories that uh, when the comet arrived, the two oceans, Atlantic and Pacific Oceans, would swap places and would drown everyone while they went across the continent. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, none of that actually happened, um, although, whilst the comet was passing, uh, Edward VII did <laughs> die. <laughs> Which some people blamed the comet for, <laughs> as did Mark Twain, who had been born while the comet was passing the time before. <laughs> and that is oh, people were so scared they were sealing up their keyholes so that comet gas couldn't get in. Um, so people in 1910 were stupid. That's essentially the the subject of that story. Not any more stupid than we are, because um, oh, I shall do. Rest now. Okay. That's it. Okay, well that uh, that was hopeless. Uh, uh, but we start again, afresh and new, with renewed vigour tomorrow morning. I hope you'll join us for another date fight. In the meantime, if you can subscribe and share and tell everybody, that would be brilliant. See you tomorrow. Bye. Bye.